Uh, we have a, uh, a wonderful uh, panel of doctors who are with us uh, live via telephone as we explore a very, very important development in the world of emergency medicine. Those of you who have been on First Avenue in New York City recently uh, at around the 30th Street may have noticed that uh, two plus years after, uh, or two years plus after Superstorm Sandy, the NYU Langone Medical Center has gone ahead and been completely transformed in terms of its emergency care department. Their emergency room got pretty de- devastated uh, back during Superstorm Sandy. And uh, Dr. Isaac Pinter, our wonderful friend, has arranged for us to speak not only with uh, one of the people who is um, constantly at NYU Langone in uh, Manhattan, but as well one of the uh, doctors from NYU Langone Medical Center in the Cobble Hill section of Brooklyn because they have gone ahead and really expanded from New York City or from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Uh, Dr. Isaac Pinter is Administrative Director of the Department of Behavioral Medicine, NYU Hospital for Joint Disease. Dr. Pinter, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Dr. It's an honor to be on the show, and thank you for having us back. A pleasure. Nice to speak with you, and I'm going to keep uh, Dr. Pinter on uh, even after our initial conversation because he'll he'll have information for us specifically for our community as they have really, both at NYU and at the facility we know as Joint Disease, have have really uh, upped and stepped up uh, their uh, facilities and the services for the Orthodox community. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, With us as well via telephone, um, uh, we've got... um, uh, we've got uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Femia. Uh, Dr. Robert Femia is Executive Vice Chair of the Ronald Perlman Department of Emergency Medicine and Vice Chair of Clinical Operations at the NYU School of Medicine. And uh, Dr. David Barless is the Chief of Service at the NYU Langone Medical Center Cobble Hill Emergency Department. That's the one I just referenced in regard to the expansion to Brooklyn, New York. Doctors, welcome to JM and the AM. It's great to be here. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it, and thank you for joining us. Dr. Femia, could you describe the devastation that your facility took back toward the end of uh, 2012 with Superstorm Sandy? Well, when the the storm hit, uh, we had to close the emergency department. Uh, We were closed for about an 18-month period, and during that time, uh, we were still able to provide emergency services on the 16th floor of the hospital while the emergency department was rebuilt. And uh, when the ED reopened in April, it, it was a, a beautiful thing. We're now a 20,000-square-foot emergency department. <laughs> We're seeing close to 180 patients a day. Uh, our patients are very sick. About one-third of them end up uh, being admitted to the hospital with strokes and heart attacks. But it's, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, during that time of the storm, uh, we learned or had an opportunity to exercise a lot of workflows really with the best interest of patients in mind, allowing us to see patients very quickly, to expedite their care, uh, and it's, it's allowed us to continue and to thrive in the emergency department and provide uh, care to to our friends and neighbors in the community. You know, Dr. Femia, as you describe all this, I, I am a resident of the Lower East Side of Manhattan, 
So uh, you know that people from our neighborhood are constantly using your facility. Uh, you're describing <laughs> so many of the things that we went through over the last couple of years because you know how it is. You got a growing family. You're always going to, you know, chances are you're going to need the emergency room at some point. And uh, we had that experience where, in fact, you know, you get to the lobby, had to go up to the 16th floor because literally the emergency room was closed. I wonder if people out there even understand what that means. Your entire emergency room, you know, was, was unusable. So you have to immediately figure out a way to take care of emergency situations. And that, that in itself was an operation. But what was amazing, what they did at NYU, and I've seen it now up close and personal, again, you know, having been there and, you know, people very close to us are, are at NYU as we speak. Um, what, what's unbelievable and what's so unique is that they use the opportunity to build an even more incredible facility. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a medical guy, so I can't appreciate all the state of the art equipment that you have. But the way it looks, you know, you used a, a really rough situation to rebuild a 2015 facility. That, that would be accurate, right? Just to, to let your audience know, with uh, the leadership of Dean Grossman and the support of the uh, Ronald O. Perlman family, when the emergency department was rebuilt to its uh, 20,000 square feet size, a few other things happened. For example, we were able to build a separate dedicated pediatric area. So we're able to separate out children from adults because there are many things uh, that would be confusing if children had to sit in an emergency department where adults are. So we have a beautiful pediatric section to the emergency department uh, and a very expansive uh, new ED. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're very thrilled and, and probably most importantly, when, before the Superstorm Sandy, we were seeing about 130 patients a day. Now we're seeing close to 180. Wow. And with our increased size, we're able to see people very quickly, uh, get them the care that they need. Um, and we've received a lot of positive comments from both the physicians in the community uh, and our patients. And this is significant, by the way. Those who've been familiar... And this was one of my well-known conversations I had publicly with uh, Mayor Bloomberg at that time. Um, anybody familiar with emergency medicine in New York knows that, you know, for a long period of time, there, there could be long waiting lines and it could take a very long time to get services. If you've added capacity to help uh, another 50 a day, that's very significant in the New York area. Well, not, not only did we grow in size, but we instituted many patient-friendly workflows. Let me give you one for example the old way that many hospitals see patients in the emergency department is you stop in the waiting room, you're registered, your insurance information is, is taken, and then you're brought back to the ER. That's not right. how we do it at NYU Langone in the, the Perlman Emergency Department. So you're taken right back to a bed. Um, and in your bed, uh, we have a team approach where the physicians and nurses will see you at the same time. No more waiting in the waiting room. The only time that we really uh, use the waiting room, if it's extremely busy, then our nurses will start to see patients there and then bring them quickly back. But basically, we like to say that our waiting room is for families. Uh, it's not for our patients. It's unbelievable. Even these days, all these years after emergency medicine was created, you're always tweaking the system to get better and better, huh? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a constant and fun and invigorating challenge. I'm glad you consider it fun because I know it could be really tense and really difficult, but uh, it is a tremendous...
service to the community, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Dr. Robert Femia, Dr. David Barless are with us. So, Dr. Barless, if um, if the Perlman family and Sandy have to be thanked for the transformation in Manhattan, who has to be thanked for the expansion into Brooklyn? Well, the same family, actually. Um, NYU was and, and, and the Perelman Emergency Services was, was given this opportunity to come into the former Long Island College Hospital site oh. over here in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. That's where um, it is. The, uh, some of your audience, particularly those uh, from Brooklyn, yeah, probably know what's happened through the years with the Long Island College Hospital, and it's been changing hands, and it really wasn't a... Uh, you know, a, a facility that people had too much faith in its long-term survival. These were all the lich headlines, right? I mean, this was a that that's correct. Right. And I'm, it was it was a very big deal in New York City, and right. particularly in in this part of Western and Northern Brooklyn. Right. Um, you're probably aware of, of all that's been going on. So, sure. um, the dust has finally settled, I think. And and um, you know, we were given this opportunity, NYU and Perelman Emergency Services, to come in and really determine. Uh, here's a former hospital that served a large uh, part of Brooklyn. Um, take this hospital, and um, we trust you to bring emergency services of of very high quality um, to this part of Brooklyn. So NYU came last summer and really uh, planned, designed, and, and gave the resources to really improve and provide the level of service that you would expect from NYU Perelman in Manhattan. Uh, when uh, did it officially open already? Oh, absolutely. We've been we opened uh, around Halloween last year, um, October 31st, and we've been open uh, a good ten weeks now. And how's it going so far? I mean, is it you know as efficient as you'd like it to be? Very efficient. Um, we we have uh, the physicians are physicians from NYU who go back and forth to um, to the Parliament Emergency Department that Dr. Femi had described, and also to this emergency department. Um, and um, the nurses and physicians really use the same care processes and uh, you know that Dr. Femi had just described um, for the patients here in Brooklyn. So we're bringing the same uh, expertise and quality of care to this new emergency department, which is rather unique. It's, it's what's termed a freestanding emergency department. Yeah. Uh, what, that, what that means is really it's got the full resources and facilities and expertise that any emergency department would have, uh, the only difference being that there's no attached hospital, so there's no operating room, there are no consultants right. in the rest of the hospital. So but what it does mean, though, is that there's a full lab and a full pharmacy and anything you might need for any patient that may walk through the door. So when a patient needs to be admitted, are they often heading to the NYU facility in Manhattan? Um, that's correct. Um, if a patient, well, first of all, we can treat a lot of patients right here in the emergency department you know with modern technology right. and we have a we have a 24/7 cat scan we have a pharmacy with 400 medications with a lot of this we can actually treat the patient and send them home from here so about 5% of the patients we end up admitting so we have um, agreements with NYU Langone uh, to admit patients with particular diseases, especially serious illnesses requiring ICU care. And we also have an agreement with uh, our new partner, Lutheran Hospital, um, in, in, in southern Brooklyn, 
um, to uh, take care of other patients that, uh, you know, they're very close to us, and we can get patients over there within 10 minutes oh, if need be. But they do provide us a level of expertise and consultants that we use for patients who require it. All right, so you have important options in terms of uh, if, if someone does, in fact, have to be admitted at that point. Uh, Dr. Pinter, this is a very big development for our neighborhoods of Brooklyn, New York, right? I mean, Cobble Hill is pretty close to a lot of very heavily Jewish neighborhoods out there. Very much so. You know, Williamsburg and, uh, you know, Crown Heights, Borough Park, Flatbush, very much so. And we, uh, we're proud of, and, and, uh, of these services that are already being provided. It's just 10 weeks that we're there, uh, and we've just gotten wonderful uh, feedback from, from members of our community. Very nice. All right, we're talking about uh, what's happening at the NYU in New York City with its incredible brand-new state-of-the-art emergency facility. Uh, and, of course, now the expansion to Brooklyn, New York, at the Litch site, Long Island College Hospital site, Dr. Robert Femia, Dr. David Barless with us, and of course Dr. Pinter is with us as well. Um, I, I, I can only imagine, uh, Dr. Femia, the uh, how difficult it must be and how challenging it must be to now remain uh, at the top of this industry. I can't imagine that there's an emergency facility that can match yours in this area at this point, and now the challenge is staying number one, huh? Well, I, I, I think that the, the challenge always is to try to find ways to constantly improve. Um, and the key, I think, on our end is that we're committed to, to that approach, that we're always looking for ways to get better. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, when we look at stroke patients, for example, we know that uh, in every, for every minute that someone's having a stroke, two million brain cells die. Right. And so we look at all of our workflows and say, okay, where can we save 30 seconds here? Where can we save 15 seconds there? Um, where can we make uh, one phone call if needed? How can we automate things? So we're constantly looking for ways to improve care to patients. And so that's making sure that we're very efficient, uh, waking, making sure that we work with our partners, whether they're in the EMS community, with our consultants. And so far we've been very successful. Uh, we, we have outstanding um, results as far as patient outcomes. Uh, when we look at national benchmarks, we're at the very top 1% or in the 99th percentile for our care of heart attack, stroke, and sepsis, which is severe infections. And I think the greatest thing is uh, the teamwork that we have. We have a dedicated group of nurses and physicians that work side by side and are constantly reaching out to the community, the community physicians, our consultants, and, and saying, oh, how can we make this just a little better? Um, how can we provide more information to patients and families? Um, how can we work with EMS, our consultants? And um, you've seen a little bit of the proof in the results. We've right. gone from 130 patients a day to 190. People are not waiting. They're seen immediately. Our patient satisfaction scores are very high, and our clinical outcomes are high. So. Dr. Femia, forget about that. I just got a text from a family member reminding me how the last few experiences our family's had in the emergency room over there have been very nice experiences. As I said earlier, even if, thank God, you have a growing family with you know everybody doing well and, thank God, everybody healthy, you're always going to need an emergency room at some point. You know what I mean? 
No, no, but I'm glad that uh, we're getting some um, unsolicited feedback from your family. So that's fantastic. No, because thank God. I mean, you know, I don't have to do the as we say. Thank God everyone's fine and well. But you know how it is. There's always, there's always something that comes up, and you want it to be a good experience. And by the way, uh, Dr. Femi, I should mention as well, you know, I mentioned this when uh, Dr. Barless was presenting about Brooklyn. And obviously a noticeably Jewish presence, I'm sure, in Cobble Hill. But you in Manhattan as well. You see, uh, you see plenty of people from our community on a regular basis. Uh, we do, we do, and um, uh, we we have outreach to multiple communities. One of the communities, or one of the, the providers that we work very closely work uh, is Hot Solo, the ambulance. Right. Um, they've been outstanding partners. They've given us feedback. Myself and Dr. Barless have gone out to the community uh, and, and spoken with with uh, members of the community to get their feedback on how we're doing, what we uh, need to do to improve, and it's, it's been a, a great relationship. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, Dr. Pinter, you remember the days when barely anybody from our community was coming up to uh, NYU, right? I mean, you remember those days early on, and, and today is a marked difference at this point. Right. I, you know, I think there's another uh, important uh, development that I think that Dr. Femi can maybe just address is the uh, fact that we have a very we have a separate pediatric emergency right. room setting. Yeah, he mentioned that, which is really I, I wonder if anybody else even has that. Dr. Femi, is this a, an NYU invention at this point? You see, certain places do have pediatric emergency departments. What we've done um, is we have a separate area that's just for children. So once once patients come in, um, once we, we see that it's a child, they go to a separate area. Um, and not only is it, is it a separate private space specifically engineered with children in mind to make it comforting, to relieve fear and anxiety, but the, the team of physicians and nurses are all specialized uh, physicians and, and nursing staff that have received uh, additional training in the care of children, whether right. it's for small illnesses and injuries like ear infection or a throat infection, to life-threatening problems with breathing, to children that have uh, had uh, congenital heart problems. So, and that's uh, 24 hours a day that that the expertise is available. And when you combine that expertise with an outstanding physical environment, it, it really is a nice for patients and families. Yeah, no question about that. And uh, Dr. Barless, Dr. Femi, of course, mentioned the Hatsala and the emergency services that we're so used to in our community. Have they in Brooklyn uh, already discovered that you and Cobble Hill exist? Yes, they were actually one of the first groups to discover us, and we're very excited about having this other option available to them. As you know, uh, Cobble Hill is very close to Williamsburg, right. which has, uh, I believe, two or three bases for Hatsola and is very active. I actually visited over there on Monday of this week. Um, I was over on uh, Park Avenue in, uh, in, in Williamsburg, actually, in one of the newer um, Orthodox communities that's expanding from Williamsburg. Right. And I also visited with the ODA Medical Clinic, which is a very active clinic um, for the community. And um, I visited with their dispatch center and saw many of the really dedicated volunteers. And, and they really went through a lot of their procedures and protocols. And I, I, I really were, was impressed by the amount of expertise and organization that they displayed. And they've actually been, been coming here almost on a daily basis with patients. And they um, have developed procedures where they actually can determine, well, you know, we're picking up a certain patient. This is what they need. 
And if it's something mild to moderate or relatively, uh, you know, milder medical condition, they bring it to Cobble Hill where our, our resources are available, the physicians are available, the waiting times are less. Um, and if a patient needs, though, um, more intensive services, they, they know to go to, to NYU right. where they have been going in the past. So, so if they're in community... They're very happy to have the new availability of another right. option for patients to stay in Brooklyn. And if they're in communication with someone like you, you may say to them, or any of your, obviously, your medical personnel may say to them, you know what, our suggestion is go to Manhattan immediately. Oh, that's very good. You really you have all the bases covered, as we like to say. Um, sure, doctor, go ahead. Is, um, the, just to, to make sure that your listeners are clear, that our services in, in Brooklyn at Cobble Hill, um, it's the same level of it's the same physician and nursing staff that are all experts in emergency medicine and critical care. Uh, and so at Cobble Hill, we have the ability to care for all sorts of illnesses and injuries, including life-threatening illnesses and injuries. So the way that that would happen is one example would be, let's say you have a cough and a fever. We have CAT scans. We have X-ray. We have lab. We have pharmacy. Just like any emergency department, um, and if you were to go to Cobble Hill, we would make the diagnosis, and if we determined that you had a pneumonia, we start some intravenous antibiotics. And at that point, that you would require admission to the hospital. Um, we have ambulances on site, and we ask the patient if they have a preference of a hospital. Um, and then we've worked with, our, with NYU, with Langone in Manhattan, with partners in Brooklyn, and we will bring you to be admitted to the hospital um, of your choice. Typically, the patients have chosen uh, NYU in Manhattan or Lutheran. Uh, but let's say you had something more serious. We've, we've seen patients there that have had life-threatening intracranial hemorrhages, um, very bad infections. The physicians and nurses are all skilled as they travel back and forth and work at the, our sites in our NYU Langone in Manhattan to immediately treat and stabilize and provide life-saving life interventions. So if your blood pressure is very low, if you really can't breathe and you need to be put on a ventilator. We do all those things. Right. And we have the skill and expertise to do it. And then we're able, well, once you're stabilized, to work out a very short transfer. And one of the keys of that transfer is that we keep two ambulances waiting there, sole purpose just to transfer you to right. another location. But that transfer only occurs after you've been stabilized. And the skill set of our physicians is the very same uh, high skill level that we uh, have here in Manhattan. Yeah, we got the picture. It's a it's a good system. I'll tell you that much. We certainly got the picture. Dr. Robert Femia is um, executive vice chair of the Ronald O. Perlman Department of Emergency Medicine and vice chair of clinical operations at NYU School of Medicine. And I recommend if you want to see an incredible state of the art facility, it even it even looks that way from the outside when you're on First Avenue in Manhattan, you'll see the brand new NYU facility. As I jokingly say, thanks to the Perlman family and of course the Superstorm Sandy as well. And uh, Dr. David Barless, he's the chief of service at NYU Langone Medical Center, Cobble Hill Emergency Department in Brooklyn. They have an association, obviously, with NYU Langone in uh, in Manhattan, but also with Lutheran Medical Center in Brooklyn. If someone needs to be hospitalized, and this brand new Cobble Hill facility takes care of emergency emergencies and any type of emergency cases, uh, obviously, from all the different Brooklyn neighborhoods. Uh, I'm going to keep Dr. Pinter on to get a word about some of the services for our community. Uh, Dr. Femia and Dr. Barless, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Continued success with these incredible brand-new emergency facilities. 
thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. It's been an honor to be here. I appreciate that. A pleasure to both of you providing very important services for our community. Dr. Pinter, uh, it's amazing what's happened over the last 20 years, huh? <laughs> there were times when people from our community would not be seen in certain uh, medical facilities in New York City, and now those same facilities not only have an incredible Jewish population, as we outlined earlier, not only have Beaker Holm services, etc., which we're going to address in a moment, but you actually have now at NYU one or more people who are specifically designated to deal with the Jewish community, that if somebody in the community has a special need, I don't know, speaks uh, you know only Yiddish and nothing else and a million other types of situations, you have people dedicated 24 hours a day just to deal with those cases. That's right. It's uh, literally a 24-7 uh, you know, operation. We have uh, Israel Rausman, Israel Rausman, Israel Rausman, who is the uh, yeah, he's great. Uh, senior patient, uh, you know, Navigator Plus. I mean, he just... Uh, you know, as we talk about NYU, I think we just need to, it's only appropriate, you know, in, in, when we speak about the Chesed activities and the Bikacholim work that's done at NYU, uh, we must mention, and never forget, well, you know, Kalei Yisrael's, you know, Angel of Mercy. That's right. Mary Blubling, right. who... She really opened... She, NYU at right. central headquarters. She you know, opened the hospital up to our community when you think about it. That's right, that's right, and, 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 uh, you know, and, 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 and that's what's, we're trying to emulate, we're trying to follow. She was superhuman, she was larger than life, and we're only human beings, you know, but, uh, I think, you know, Yisrael Rausman and, uh, and the Brach who's there at NYU, they really, uh, step, step in and, 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 and take care of all aspects of, of the medical needs of our, of our community. And, and eventually. Medical referrals, whether it's being on the spot, navigating the patient through the system. It's just one of a kind of an operation that's there. And eventually I'm sure you'll have the same type of person at Cabo Hill also probably. That's same correct. thing. That's right. correct. You know, and I, you know, and I try to do that at, at, at hospital for joint disease. Yeah, you're, ba- you're basically the you're the one who always did this until I finally hired somebody official to do it. <laughs> you were you were the one who suffered through the early years. Let me tell you, Doctor Pinter, you were always well, there for everybody. It, it, it was a schuss, and it continues <laughs> to be a, you know a schuss for for all of us who are involved. We have our bikacholim rooms. We have the bikacholim apartments working closely with the Satman bikacholim. Uh, that's uh, very closely connected to the hospital, the risk alpha right. uh agencies, and and it's 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 uh, it's it's a schuss. It's it's, it's a privilege, and, and and knowing that we're involved with a first-rate medical center at large that is open to our community, and our community has direct access at all levels um, around the clock to get into the best doctors and best medical care that can be provided for them. Uh, we're here to help. You have a new bigger cholam room. Um, as you mentioned, you know, whatever services are needed are there. Is there a best way for people to get in touch? I mean, if they, if they would even ask at the admitting office at NYU for a Jewish liaison, I, I guess the office would have a number at this point to give to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Simple I mean, as the that. office for uh, Yisrael Rausman is, a, is a 212-263-0816. Uh, his cell number, I hope he, uh, he gives me permission <laughs> to give it out, is 917-363-3079 within the NYU School of Medicine at large at NYU Tisch, NYU Langone Medical Center. And at the Hospital for Joint Disease, my cell number is 917-797-8203. Uh, we're always here to be available and to help. We learned one thing we learned from Mrs. Lubling Alalshelm. She never accepted no right. uh, for an answer when a patient tried to get into a doctor's office. She just followed through that request, and she never she 
never accepted a no from a doctor. I that's mean, right. she never said no to a patient and never accepted no's from, from doctors. And that's what we were trying to emulate and, and follow her footsteps. All right, Dr. Pinder, always great speaking to you. If anybody needs any help at any of the facilities, uh, NYU, Joint Disease, uh, and now the brand-new Cabo Hill, they could be in touch, as you said, with you, with uh, Yisrael Rossman, or any of the people that uh, are working hard on behalf of the community. And um, continue to do what you're doing. Oh, and by the way, uh, please send my best to both Dr. Rakito and Dr. Feldman. Tell both of them they better be listening to JM and the AM these days. We'll do so. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much again. Thank you, Dr. Pinter. Dr. Isaac Pinter, Administrative Director, Department of uh, Behavioral Medicine at the New York, uh, NYU, rather, a Hospital for Joint Disease. And as we, as I always say, uh, with everything going on now with these hospitals, and there is a tremendous explosion in terms of services for the uh, Jewish community. It all started with Dr. Pinter many, many years ago, and I thank him. He has been so helpful to us and to the greater Jewish community. Thursday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.